Indispensable is a podcast focused on hearing about the business truths, tools, and tips others can't do without. After interviewing hundreds of people for their LinkedIn profiles and talking with thousands of people looking to use professional platforms more strategically, I've had the pleasure of meeting and getting to know people that lead, create, and engage within their companies and in their communities with great intention, abundance, focus, and sheer grit. I want to share their stories so that you can gain insight from a variety of people, not just the podcast and tech rock stars that have become household names. Rather, let's focus on the people whose stories influence those around them, and maybe even you. Everyone has indispensable truths, tools, and tips, even if they haven't realized it yet. And while this podcast isn't about LinkedIn and how to use it, it may weave its way in from time to time. It is, after all, our favorite platform for networking and doing business. Come, join us, and get to know some of my colleagues, clients, friends, and neighbors. Hi, everyone. It's Colleen McKenna, and I am so excited to be back with you today for episode 14. You know what I learned over the last few days is that most podcasts never make it po past podcast number eight. So I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad we are moving full speed ahead on building out our podcasts and bringing you people that have great stories to tell and are happy to share their indispensable business truths, tools, and tips with you. So here we are, episode 14 with Aaron Dorm Miller. Aaron has been a critical an invaluable member of Intero's team for the last five years. And in fact, um, I often say Aaron's the other side of my brain, which I often, I can't tell you how much I appreciate. So <laughs> it's great to have Aaron with us today. And we're going to be talking about recruiting and proactive recruiting in particular. So first, Aaron, it's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's um, it's one of the things that we've talked about when we really were thinking about launching a podcast, how, you know, we each have specialties and we could be talking about those tips that we've learned based on our specialties. I, my background sales and marketing and not recruiting. So the expertise you've brought to the team has been really very, very important for our clients. So let's talk about your role. How do you define your role when you're talking to somebody? Um, well, I define my role in two ways, typically, when I'm really, um, you know, discussing my, my work with people. I, of course, lead with, I help find people jobs. <laughs> Simple. Um, Everybody gets that, right? Yes. Yeah. And that, for me, is like the guiding light, you know? I mean, obviously, there are so many aspects to recruiting into what I do, but the most rewarding part of it is knowing that I've kind of found someone a home professionally. Um, that just is a feeling like no other. So I help find people jobs. Um, and then the other part of what I am doing is to consult with our clients and to guide our clients um, toward better employment strategy. So whether that's hiring or culture initiatives or um, kind of anything in between, um, I'm there to really work with them and, and 
you know, hopefully ultimately at the end of the day, improve workplaces, um, you know, really all across the country. I mean, we've had clients everywhere, so it's pretty cool. And it's really important because it really does come down to fit, right? And pulling and coordinating the right team of people together so businesses can continue to thrive and and grow and manage their whatever their mission their strategic vision right yeah absolutely yeah I think one of my first blog posts when I joined the team at Intero um, was like a metaphor about doing a puzzle Um, and that really is a a visual that is so stuck in my head after years of recruiting of like, I'm kind of always doing this jigsaw puzzle. And, you know, if you've ever sat down to do a jigsaw puzzle, you find a piece and you're like, Oh, this is the one, this is the one that fits in this corner. And then it doesn't. And you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And it's really a perfect metaphor (laughs) for recruiting sometimes. (laughs) It sure is. Yeah. Uh Tell us how you came to recruiting. I remember the first time I met you, we we were, I was actually talking at a community college. You were smack dab in the middle. You had a bright shining face and a big smile. And I was like, I wonder who that woman is. And (laughs) we got together for coffee after that. But at that point you were working with a startup, right? Yes. Yeah. I was working at M Edge Accessories based in Odenton, Maryland. We um, designed and produced accessories for electronic devices. So we started out really focused on the, the Amazon Kindle and then moved on to, you know, phones and tablets and that kind of area of things. Um, so, but to even back it up further, I joined LinkedIn when I worked at the Baltimore Examiner, which was briefly, you know, a newspaper in Baltimore City, um, delivery, you know, to all the surrounding counties as well. And um, I was the executive assistant to the publisher. So a lot of um, kind of external facing stuff that, that myself and the publisher, Mike, were doing on a daily basis. We were really trying to connect with the high profile important people in Baltimore to understand what are their initiatives? What are their, you know, priorities? What kinds of things are they working on? Because we really felt like it was our responsibility to understand the city and and the layout and the resources and all that good stuff. So LinkedIn was like, so brilliant. Like I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. This allows me to actually search for, who I need to be connecting with and then begin conversations. Um, So by the time I was at MEDGE and attending your training, I mean, I'm sure that I was like in the first row, pen in hand, ready to take notes furiously because I just knew that LinkedIn was so special. And I, and I was so excited to like tap into your expertise and learn more. And so when we started working together and we started to understand that we could help clients of ours find new talent through LinkedIn and take a very different approach, a proactive recruiting approach rather than a reactive, hey, let's post a job, spend, you know, put it on Indeed or even LinkedIn, spend a few hundred dollars and wait and see who applies. You and I had a learning curve too, which was, wow, 
people, when we're reaching out or when you're reaching out for our clients, that candidate is vetting that potential employer as much as the employer is vetting the candidate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that. What do you see when with that? Well, so it's really interesting um, to consider how recruiting has changed over the years. I mean, when I think about my career, I started recruiting not as a recruiter. I started recruiting as a retail store manager. And it was always so important to me to kind of handpick my team members. Um, and I certainly appreciated the person that would walk in with their resume and say, I'm really interested in working in your store. But I also knew that there was such talent around me. And so I would go and kind of secret shop other stores. And if I had good experiences, I would say, I manage, um, you know, the Ann Taylor upstairs or, you know, whatever. Um, if you are ever interested in discussing opportunities, we have a couple of positions available. Like I would just kind of, and I, you know, now that's always referred to as poaching, which, uh, you know, it is what it is, but, um, that's how I built such an amazing team, um, at the Towson town center location. And then also at the cross keys location, it was just, um, so fun and interesting to like handpick people in that way. But that was truly kind of number one, totally surprising them kind of, you know, maybe even putting them on the spot a bit, but face to face, there wasn't even a phone involved. I was standing in front of them, you know? So then, you know, fast forward to 15 years later, you know, 20 years later, whatever. And people get messages from someone they've never heard of in their inbox, you know, introducing an opportunity. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a totally different thing. I think a lot of times there's a lot of skepticism involved when you receive that message. You're like, who is this person? What is this company? Like, I'm fine. Why, why am I getting this message today? Like, I don't really feel like having this conversation kind of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of vetting that goes on. I think when you are, approached in that way, there's a lot of wooing that needs to happen. Um, and that's a hard thing for companies, organizations to understand a lot of time. And, and we really have to like be very descriptive and <laughs> about why that is so important. And, you know, kind of also kind of persuasive about, you know, how you present yourself online, how you present yourself in these messages and in these first conversations and these first touches is, is really going to either, you know, make or break this relationship with this candidate that you might be potentially really psyched about, but they might not be that psyched about you. <laughs> right. Right. They just might not be that into you. Right. Yeah. A, I think there was a movie or something, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's also interesting to see how um, people who are actually looking for jobs, because there are actually people out there, even in today's job market, who are looking for jobs, right? Even though, you know, it's what, under 4% unemployment, you and I have been through the opposite too, right? We went through the recession together a little bit yeah. where, you know, unemployment, nobody was hiring a few years ago and how people had to position themselves. And I know that you talk a lot about the candidate experience 
and how people, how companies, how CEOs look online. Yes. Can you share a little bit about that, how people look online, what you think are two or three of the most important things that need to be in place before a proactive recruiting process happens? Well, so there are a few things, again, in this idea of like the evolution of recruiting, you have, you know, everyone's online doing their research and reading. And so that information needs to be there. You know, what, what does this company do? Kind of what are their priorities or um, focuses, but I think also in terms of the evolution of recruiting, we're talking about a completely different talent pool than you know what we were looking at 15, 20 years ago. Um, the the millennials. So I'm getting ready to like you know dive right into a really frustrating topic for people, <laughs> but you know the millennials are very much in the workplace now and it's a whole new set of priorities and values and so i think getting away from this idea of like you know there here's this position it's going to pay you well take it to more of a mission based values based you know communication. How will this position provide you with opportunities to learn, opportunities to connect with people and with projects that you're interested in? Um, how will it relate to the things that you value and, and you know, kind of your personal um, mission, vision, and values in life? Um, I think the millennial generation wants something a bit more meaningful um, than, you know, maybe something that, that past generations were looking for. So that content that you, that you put on your website, that you put in your profile, that you even, you know, kind of the messaging and, and the wording that you use when you reach out to this person needs to either subtly or just really upfront communicate some of those things. So, you know, when I read a CEO's profile and the CEO is like, we do A, B, and C. These are the services that we provide and, you know, bye-bye. There's really not a lot to sink your teeth into there. Like it doesn't feel exciting. It doesn't feel intriguing. Um, I love, love, love landing on a profile of a CEO that you can tell is really passionate about his or her team that, you know, has ideas of how to expand and grow programs for, you know, how to develop the employees and, and, the, and the staff. I mean, those kinds of details are um, really the, the meat of it, like the, the stuff that, that people get really excited about. Including you, right? Like you love that kind of stuff because oh it creates a connection, right? Yes. And and just so um, our audience knows, Erin is a millennial, so she speaks of this <laughs> with great authenticity. And so a few months ago, you got an email in your inbox from LinkedIn designating you one of the recruiters that are in the top 1% of all recruiters nationally which yeah. was huge, right? Which was super fun, great from LinkedIn because, of course, they see all the data through LinkedIn mm -hmm. Recruiter. So Aaron 
um, uses LinkedIn Recruiter, which is LinkedIn's most robust product. It's part of their talent solutions portfolio of products, and it gives Aaron access to everyone on LinkedIn, right? So yeah, you can do a That's lot. Aaron awesome. Aaron can find people within 10 miles of a zip code, people who are looking to relocate to a particular city. You got it. You know, if, if it's on LinkedIn, Aaron knows how to use it in Recruiter. And so it was really cool that you were named one of the top 1% how what were they looking at what was it that put you in that category so there were really so i i would imagine there was certainly a lot kind of going on in the background there but the three areas that they really highlighted in terms of how um they were evaluating folks um was your your search activity so like how frequently are you in linkedin are you you know using the search tools and the, and the filters and um, are you responsive when people send you messages? Are you, you know, sending messages? You know, I mean, in terms of activity and just like use, I, I don't know. I'm probably in the <laughs> top, I don't know, five individuals. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm in LinkedIn every day, all day. Um, so that one, I was like, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, I'm winning this award because of that. I mean, it's just truly what I do. Um, and so, but again, uh, it is our primary tool. And, and so LinkedIn obviously recognized that. Um, the second bit of criteria was specifically related to the messaging. So, so when I send in-mails, which I send them, again, daily, multiple emails on a very regular basis. Um, I am using wording and information that inspires a response. So my response rate is, is fairly high. And I actually don't know what the number is at this moment, at the time of this podcast, but my response rate has been hanging out around 46%. So, and I think typically the average is between 20 and 30%. So I do feel really proud of that. Um, I like to inject a little bit of humor and, and, you know, kind of human interest into my in-mails. Um, I don't want them, you know, I don't want potential candidates to feel like I've just fired something off without thinking about who they are. Um, and I do, I really do like think about who my candidates are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Each time I, I communicate with them, even, you know, especially that first time. So that's the second bit. And then the third bit is just my profile, simply how I present myself on LinkedIn and my profile content. So I have, you know, what LinkedIn considers an all-star quote unquote profile where I filled out each section. I have a lot of information. It's loaded with the keywords that really relate to my expertise and what I do for a living. Um, and I tweak it and change it and move things around. And, and, you know, I'm in there pretty frequently and I think LinkedIn recognizes that as well. So I think those three pieces kind of make up the formula for success in their mind. Um, and, and that was what led them to, to that recognition. Yeah, I think it's great. And I know the messaging is something you spent a lot of time on and, and what I am particularly interested in is the number of messages you send out 
which is a pretty good amount on a consistent basis mm -hmm. and keeping them as personalized as possible because one of the things that everybody loves about recruiter is that you can send messages out sort of on mass right yeah and make it really easy and although I have my job opportunities turned off because I'm not actually looking for a job at this time I do get a fair number of in-mails from recruiters um, who say, hey, are, are you looking for an opportunity in healthcare? Well, no, not exactly. That's not anywhere on my LinkedIn profile. Or, hey, would you like to be a field agent for this? Those are the, those are the messages from the external recruiters where they are just not hitting a home run at all, right? Yeah. They're not like even getting on base. Yes. And so how do you manage the personalization, high, high touch personalization with the number that you have to send out in order to start any number of conversations? Well, I mean, there are a few things that I do um, to, to help with that. Um, trying to think of like where to begin. So I will first say that I do work off of a number of templates. I save templates in LinkedIn Recruiter. I actually save templates outside of, of LinkedIn. So I have a, a template form in Google Docs that I use where, you know, I've written a few lines, but then I've also left kind of in brackets areas where I can pop in a specific comment or a detail about that person. Um, conversationally, you know, not kind of sounding like robotically generated um, to, to complete the message for that particular person. Um, so I think those templates go a long way. And my templates have evolved so much over the years. I mean, when I look at templates that I wrote five years ago, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I've definitely tried to use the the feedback and the information that's been given to me you know by candidates over the years and and that would be directly or indirectly you know like if a particular message went out and i didn't get any responses then i know that it didn't work you know and then i have to kind of go back to the drawing board and figure out how can i make this second you know this follow-up message to this person be the one that they're like, oh, okay, this person, you know, is, is legit and I should reach out to her. Um, so that's a big thing. And again, it's always changing. Like I, I just can't help myself. Um, but then the other part of it is, is that there are certainly searches where I've sent out kind of what would be considered more mass messaging, you know, like 10, 15 messages at a time, because really the search and, and the, just volume required that. And in those instances, I still just try to use the kind of language that is as conversational and relatable as possible. I just try to make sure that um, I am speaking like I would speak to you right now. You know, um, I think there's something to be said for kind of humbling yourself and, and, you know, making that language be really easy for people so that they can get a, get a feel for, okay, you know, she seems nice or she seems friendly or whatever. Um, I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. I've had people who have emailed me and I've shared this with you who are like, I never respond to email messages from people who are recruiting and I responded to errands. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> right? Like, that's awesome. And it's because 
of how personalized you are in those messages. Yeah. And, and you and I have had the occasion to have conversations with both external recruiters who do this full time mm -hmm. and they work for recruiting companies um, and in-house recruiters and who are really in-house recruiters, I, I think you would agree, really look at their recruiting is more of a filling a requisition, filling a job, right? And don't necessarily think about building a network and pipelining as third-party recruiters do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to be more reactive or in response to whatever's happening in the business at that time. And I would certainly encourage and even challenge internal recruiters to begin to, you know, number one, be involved with the the longer term strategic conversations that are happening in the company. And then number two, to like really think that through and put together the strategy. Because if you know, kind of forecast it out that you're going to hire for these six positions next year, you should absolutely be doing those searches now and, and making those connections and having conversations now and, and, you know, nurturing and nurturing those relationships because it's going to make that placement in a year so much easier and you're really going to find the people that you want as opposed to kind of the default exactly and i and i think that that is a hard conversation or something that's pretty hard for that in-house recruiter and that in-house recruiter that may not be a full-time in-house recruiter right that might mm -hmm. be um, an hr person it could be the executive assistant to the ceo god forbid it could also be the ceo yeah oh <laughs> we've certainly seen that yeah and i think you know um having the ceo whether the ceo is the person reaching out or if it's someone on, you know, the team, having the CEO and the leadership team kind of understand and be on board with, hey, you know, we're in growth mode. Our talent is really important. We need to prioritize this effort based on what our needs now, what are our needs now, and then what will our needs will be, you know, in the future and really, um, allowing their HR people, their recruiters to, to focus in, in that area and to even ask like, what is it that you need from us in order to like really build this? And, and honestly, I had that really wonderful and unique experience at MEDGE. Our CEO really understood that we weren't going to get anywhere without the right people. And so in building that team and truly, I mean, that was kind of just insane. We went from like three employees to over 80 in about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, the CEO at Image really did understand. And he gave me the time and the space and the tools that I needed to make all of that happen. And really, we, I mean, we just built such an amazing team. It was so, just an, an incredible group of talent. So, but I, I think it doesn't really happen any other way. <laughs> like there has to be that kind of, you know, concerted effort. But it was part of the strategic plan too, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like the biggest part. Right, and I, and I think sometimes, especially we work with some companies that are really, in very mature industries mm -hmm. um, 
CEOs, business owners, founders who've been, who've built their company over the last 20, 30 years have been really successful, been able to hire people, really haven't thought a lot about it, um, not really sure, like, okay, we'll use LinkedIn for recruiting, how do we do that? Um, I'm used to treating a candidate this way. This is all like all topsy-turvy now, right? And you yeah. are absolutely obsessed with not only the messaging, but the candidate experience. Yes. So share with us a little bit about how you encourage your clients to respond to candidates who are interested, especially when you're proactively recruiting? Yeah. So, I mean, that's always the first distinction that should be made is the difference between, you know, that, that idea of passive recruiting and active recruiting, and there is value in both. So I will first start off by saying that, and there are a number of times where clients have come to us and been like, we are in desperate, you know, we are in a desperate situation. We need someone as quickly as possible. And in those conversations, I usually do say, you need to post a position and start getting applicants in the door. Um, I think that's a really big deal. Uh, if you have a tight timeline, the wooing, the quote unquote wooing is just going to make everything feel more stressed out and, and kind of frantic. The passive recruiting, um, yes, you know, it really is. It's a little bit like dating. <laughs> you have to romance your candidates, you know. It's a lot about, you know, presenting the opportunity, presenting the company in a way that a person is going to feel excited and inspired by it enough to shake things up in their lives, you know, leave a, a position where they might be really comfortable or happy or satisfied and come to something new. Um, and that is not an easy task. So it's tough, you know, when we are evaluating a, a potential client or, or starting with a potential client and they don't totally understand what or how that wooing is going to take place. And I think also when they're in that fire drill kind of mindset, like we need this person yesterday, um, you know, it's a tough position to be in, but the wooing takes time and it takes a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. I, and, and creativity too, right? I think how people stand out and mm -hmm. it needs to be rethought. And, and so now let's, now let's um, flip it. There's a couple of uh, other pieces I want to bring up, but let's now flip it and talk about candidates because you also, whenever we get an inquiry about, hey, I'm starting a career or a job transition, I need a new LinkedIn profile, I need a little coaching on how to do that on LinkedIn, I'm like, talk to Aaron. I'm going to send you right over to Aaron because while I, we can, I can write it or somebody else, one of our other writers, are certainly equipped with writing it, you're also putting this lens of recruiting on it, which is, only creates greater value for that particular candidate. So candidates also have a learning curve in their career transition process, I think now, right? I mean, how they show up on LinkedIn, how, how they might show up through LinkedIn and their resume. So what are some of the top encouragements you give to candidates and things you want them to think about? Well, so I think in terms of candidates, um, 
there are a lot of, there are many, many things to consider. Um, one of the first conversations that I have with someone, um, and I guess I, I, I want to preface all this by saying, um, I started writing profiles for candidates. I mean, it is kind of an odd thing, right? Like that I do this recruiting, but then I also work with um, job seekers on writing their profiles. That kind of came to be simply because I was a writer in college. So this is not probably like a typical set of skills or skill set that people would have. But I do love the idea that I'm working with companies every day and I see what's out there and I see what they're looking for. And then I'm able to like flip the script and use that skill to help job seekers really present themselves well. Um, because uh, let's, I mean, there are how many millions of members on LinkedIn now, you know, so 640 million plus, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that brings me to my first point, which is it really needs to be as much information that is specific to you, who you are. Um, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that I've opened up someone's profile and I'll use this as an example, but this is just, you know, the first one that kind of popped into my head, but uh, a sales representative's profile and, you know, sure, there are metrics included in their summary or, you know, words like driven, ambitious, growth oriented. But if I took that person's name and photo out of their profile, they could be anyone. It just sounds like a very general sales profile summary. Um, so I encourage people to include the information that can only be about them, the things that are really specific to why they do the work that they do, you know, what it is that kind of has driven them and made them successful along the way. And, and that is truly unique to, to who they are. And that's a really big deal. I mean, that, honestly, that's, that's it. Like, that's the thing. Um, I think a company needs to understand what makes you tick to know if you're going to be happy in a, in a role with them, you know? So including that information right up front is, is really important. And it's so always fascinating to me why people are okay with sounding more alike more part of the herd than differentiating, right? Because what you're yeah. talking about is creating that slight edge, that competitive advantage that will allow people, people like you, people in-house um, who are hiring to remember that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yet mo a lot of times people are like, uh -uh, no, 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 right? I want to I wanna just throw these metrics in and I just want to sound like everybody else. And, and, yeah. and, and I don't know, sometimes I feel like that might be a confidence thing. That might be a tradition thing. Like that's how, that's how resumes are set up. So my LinkedIn profile should be set up the same way. And yet you share with people, quite often that your what's on some things that are on your resume probably won't be on your LinkedIn profile and vice versa, right? Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say that your profile should complement your resume. Um, it should not be a carbon copy of your resume. And so, you know, you want those, those metrics, those achievements to be included, you know, in both, but the wording around them, 
can be very different because LinkedIn really is like stepping into a networking event. You know, it is like having a conversation. It's not, you know, uh, bullet points and 11 point font, you know, like it's, it's a different thing entirely. So it needs to really express that. And um, as we build out profiles for CEOs, we, um, Aaron and I kind of laugh quite often because we, we've actually talked about writing LinkedIn profiles, especially for CEOs and their leadership team, according to their DISC profile, right? Like we, yeah. a lot of CEOs, kind of that alpha personality, high D, right? Dominant personality. And so they want two sentences and three bullet points. And what we actually, I know I do, and I think you do as well, come back and say, you know, that might be good for what you need but you're not writing your LinkedIn profile for you. You're writing it for your audience mm -hmm. and that could be candidates. And, and we work with CEOs who are in job transitions too. Absolutely. And they want to keep it really brief and we're like, Oh, not so much. So there's this really delicate balance between filling up that LinkedIn profile and giving people what they need without putting too much in there or, and we never keyword stuff, but there's can be a lot of keyword stuffing in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and I always um, have that conversation with the people that we work with to say, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm going to do this interview. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about your background, about, you know, your, your why um, I'm going to go to the drawing board and, and draft something for you. And then it's your job, you know, from there it becomes a very collaborative process because then you tell me, Oh, Aaron, this isn't something that I would ever say, you know, like this is not wording that I would use, or this doesn't, this doesn't sit well with me. And that's really the part of it where it becomes the most authentic is I've filled my brain with everything I, you know, need to know about that person. And then they come in with their contribution. Um, and we have had people say like, I, this is too, this is too flowery. Like yeah. this is too whatever I need to pull back. And I think that that's great. Like I, I'm happy when people share that feedback and we do, you know, then we pull it back because then it's, it's presented in, in the way that they, they are, you know, it's most consistent with who they are. Yeah, and, and you know when you um, when you write a profile, I can always tell an Aaron Dor Miller profile, right? Because <laughs> I, I can I can hear I can hear that person's voice, not your voice, but I know. But you have a very distinctive style, and I and I love that. I think we've had clients say, "Oh my gosh, best profile!" Right? We've had clients where somebody else on their team or they've worked with externally who's written their profile and they're like, uh, not so much, right? Kind of like straight up vanilla. And then Aaron airifies it as sometimes I say, right? I kind of create my own word for that. And <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, that's so me. Or I want to be that person, right? Because yeah, you right. pull something out, you find that kind of that angle, that hook, and it's usually pretty human interest and lots of times around a metaphor, which is really fun. Um, so that profile is such a huge piece of, of how you present somebody, how you show up and, and absolutely, it, and it's critical in today's world, critical. Um, now I want to jump over to something, um, we talked about LinkedIn recruiter and we talked about how you use it. 
just talk for a minute about um, an example we had last year where someone, we had a former client purchase LinkedIn Recruiter mm -hmm. and, you know, spent several thousands of dollars on LinkedIn Recruiter because it's not inexpensive and then reached out to us happened to see them actually sort of in passing one day and they were like, Hey, we bought LinkedIn recruiter. We have no idea how to use it. What should we do? We have no one to, you know, no one dedicated to it. Um, we had a quick conversation with them and thinking you and I thought it was a coaching call, right? Like we were going to help them learn, yeah. learn like uh -huh. in that moment. And they were like, Oh no, no, no. Just, just take it over for us and help us because we've got a lot of immediate needs. And so we came up with a strategy where we're like, okay, you took it over. Um, you hired several people for them, very specific high level roles, then worked with them to find a recruiter who actually had LinkedIn recruiter experience. Yeah. And we handed it back over to them. Share with us um, a little bit about your thoughts on that project in terms of, People are need to hire a number of people. They're willing to spend money on LinkedIn Recruiter and then don't realize yeah. what that actually entails. A full-time job, you know, that's a big commitment. Um, yeah, and you can equate it to so many other things in life, you know, like if you if you spend that money to have the tool then, you know, you also need to kind of spend that money or have that time available to best utilize it. Um, and so I think when people and, and when organizations go into it blindly without really planning for that, they can sometimes be really uh, kind of caught off guard by what is required. And when you are hiring for multiple positions, you know, two, four, six, 10 positions and you know you have LinkedIn recruiter at your disposal um, that's wonderful but again it comes down to you know having the support and 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 being able to devote that time and energy to to utilizing it to its fullest um, so in that particular uh, scenario that was kind of cool right like we they they had the access but they were like, I, you know, we're doing so many things right now and, and we're really in, in such a place that um, we can't utilize this to its fullest. And so that's where I came in and it was great to be an extension of their team. Um, I think we worked together for a total of six months and um, I hired some amazing folks for them. The last of which was their talent acquisition manager. And she's incredible. And, and she really did hit the ground running. She knew LinkedIn Recruiter well. And, you know, we talked a lot of strategy when she came on board. Uh, we got her profile, like, really polished and looking really great because she was like, okay, wait, that's kind of the piece that's been missing. Like, I know how to use the tool. But when I reach out to people, this is what they're seeing on my profile. And it was truly, like, three sentences in her summary. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just it was a great experience. I think companies really do need to consider kind of on the front end what it means to have that subscription and and to have that tool um, 
and and put together the plan before they kind of sign the contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> pay pay give them their credit card information, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, considering this podcast is called Indispensable Business Truths, Tools and Tips, um, certainly we talk about recruiter as a tool and LinkedIn as a tool. What other First, I'm going to ask you what other tools you use all the time that you can't do your job without. Um, so, okay. So tools that I use, um, the thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like such a goofy answer to that question, but it's so true. I mean, I have thesaurus.com pulled up on my computer all day long. It helps me to write my in-mail messages. It helps me to write profiles. I mean, it truly helps me with everything that I do. And it is, again, it's like about finding the right words. Um, so that's a big one for me. Um, certainly my calendar. I mean, my gosh, where would I be? Uh, nowhere. I would be lost without my calendar. Google Docs. Everything that I do is in Google Docs, which means that I can pull it up on my phone, I can pull it up on my computer, I can share it, someone can add something to what I'm working on, and I can see that real time. I mean, Google Docs is an incredible tool, and I'm just a wee bit obsessed with it. Um, what else? Zoom? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We love Zoom. It's we wonderful. Do love Zoom. Yeah, you know, to have a conversation with someone, to have that, you know, video chat if they're across the country. You know, I mean, we just recently wrapped up an engagement with a client in Seattle and, you know, I could sit down and have a conversation with them almost as if I was in the room with them. Um, and Zoom allowed us to do that and to record those conversations was amazing. Um, so that's an amazing tool. Great. Yeah. What about... Um, what about a business truth that you adhere yeah. to, live by? Because I think you have quite a few of those. So I do. Will. Yeah, oh, you do. So I love that. Another hour <laughs> well, we can yeah. always do episode two. Uh, I mean, the biggest business truth for me, the thing that I have always um, really like felt from my very first job, you know, I think I was 13 years old when I started working is, you know, it's just all about people. So everything that I do all day long is considering who, you know, who are the people, who are the people that I'm working with, who are the people that I'm working for, who are the people that I'm communicating with and reaching out to. Um, I don't think that there's, you know, any way to, um, you know, kind of function and build and grow without that belief that you have to lift up the people around you and, and the people that you're working with. And it's really cool to be a recruiter and, and to hold that belief because again, like I just really want to help people find jobs. I want to help people find places where they can grow and thrive and be really satisfied. And I want to help leadership find those people, you know, like it's a really cool thing that I get to do every day. <laughs> and, and you are one who you've gone through and studied like candid conversations and all of that. So, so what's always so, um, what I love ab about you, Erin, is that you are the, one of the kindest people on the planet, but boy, can you have a, you can have a tough conversation too. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Well, I um, studied and then was certified in Crucial Conversations. So if anyone has ever read that book, um, they will certainly understand that. If you haven't, then you should. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think when you, you know, in, in my belief that it's all about people, I'm really honoring that in those tough conversations. So, you know, you can't help someone to grow or to build on their skills or to kind of get over that, that hump or whatever, if you're not willing to, to really share with them and, and, you know, give them that feedback from a really like honest and sincere place. Um, so I do, I go into those conversations like ready to produce a really positive result. And so for me, it's not tough, you know, like it's not like a confrontation. It's like a let's figure this out together kind of thing. And that's great. And we will make sure that we um, put that book as a link in the show notes. So I got it wrong. Candid conversations, not candid conversations. It's crucial conversations. Crucial conversations. Yeah. It's Great. Awesome. Great. And when people reach out to you, um, where should they find you? Where can they find you? Um, well, LinkedIn, obviously. There we go. There we go. That's the place. And again, I'm on LinkedIn every day, all day long. So I think if someone is interested in, in chatting or connecting, that's, that's where you should go. Um, or, you know, find me on the website. You can certainly send me a message or give me a ring um, through the, the contact information on the Intero Advisory website. I am pretty accessible. I am happy to connect with anyone and everyone. Um, you know, again, like it's, it's, it's all about the people. It's all about, you know, the folks that, that kind of make it all worthwhile. Great. And we are also going to add to the show notes, maybe two or three of your favorite blog posts that you've written. So okay. cool. um, yeah. I'm talking about this as we're, I'm kind of thinking and formulating this as we're going here. So we need to get with Sarah Bentley, who is also a member of Intero's team, who puts this whole podcast together. And Sarah Bentley doesn't get enough shout outs for all the work she does on this oh podcast. Goodness. So she's shouting out to Sarah Bentley. Sorceress. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> right? And, and she just kind of like rolls with all these different podcasts and she's learned as she's gone. She's amazing. And so maybe you can work with Sarah on your three or four favorite blog posts and she'll put those in the show notes too. Okay. Yeah. I, I already have them in my head, so that's no problem. <laughs> Perfect. This has been so much fun. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to my conversation with Aaron Dor Miller, who once again is an invaluable part of Intero's team and reach out to Aaron um, recruiting questions. If you're a candidate, reach out to, um, and thanks for sharing your day with us. And Aaron, thanks for being with us. And we're going to do this again. Okay, cool. Sometime soon. Thank you. Take, Thank you so take much. care. And that's all for Indispensable. Thanks for joining us. We hope to catch you on our next episode. Grab our show notes, review them, check out the links included, and head over to interoadvisory.com to learn more about the work that we do in our community and with our clients. <laughs>